Welcome to Emotionally Online, a weekly slumber party for spilling guts and sharing secrets with your host, the one, the only, none other than Maddie fucking Drossveg. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be starting this. I'm so excited to finally share with you guys what I've been working on. This has been in the works for like six months now, and I'm so excited to get into it. I'm so excited to have a long form outlet to talk with you guys. Not that my YouTube is not long form. I know that I post 20 to 30 minute videos every week, but um, apparently I have more to talk about if you would believe it. So I'm here with my Diet Coke that I poured in a wine glass because sometimes all you need is a good cup to get the mood right. You don't need alcohol. You just need a funky glass to hold your beverage. So uh, sun's going down. I'm drinking a Diet Coke and I'm ready to have a goddamn sleepover, baby. And you're invited. So I wanted to make this podcast for two main reasons. One of which is that I really wanted a space to capture the heart to hearts I have with my friends Um, because I think that I just know so many beautiful, lovely, brilliant people that have so many amazing things to say. And so much of the conversations I have on my YouTube channel are thoughts and reflections that are born through the conversations I have with my friends. So I thought that it would be fun to capture more of those conversations, more of what I talk about on my couch, drinking Diet Coke in a wine glass with my friends. Um, And also I wanted to have an outlet to talk about less serious topics. Obviously we're going to have heart to hearts and deep chats on this podcast as well. But I also just wanted to have a space to talk about reality TV, pop culture, internet drama, the other things that I'll talk about with my friends and that you would talk about at sleepovers that I don't really have a place for on my YouTube channel. Obviously I don't make commentary videos. I don't make commentary content, but that's the main style of content that I consume on the internet. I'm a commentary girly. I've got opinions at the wazoo. Um, and sometimes I would like to share my opinions on meaningless things, uh, in place of all of the deep conversations that I have on my channel. So we got a range of vibes happening on this podcast, but it feels very fitting because that feels true to what a sleepover truly is heart of hearts. I feel like growing up at sleepovers, like those are the nights that bond you to those people in your childhood. You know, you really bear souls to each other, swap secrets. Like you're in it for life now. Um, but then you also just like talk shit and like talk celebrity crushes and like play mash, whatever the fuck else we did when we were younger and having a sleepover. Also, if I sound nasally or like uh, weird in any way, it's because I have been crying for the last hour. (laughs) I literally did my makeup to record this video. If you watch on YouTube, there is a video that goes with this. You can look at my face while I talk if that's your thing. (laughs) If you like looking at my face. Um, So I did my makeup to record this episode and then I cried it all off and was like, you know what? Maybe that's fitting for the first episode of Emotionally Online uh, 
to be prefaced with me crying for an hour. Um, and it feels, you know, me sitting on my couch with no makeup, freshly cried off being like, let's talk about sleepovers and love Island. Like that's, that seems true to what would actually happen if my friends were here. So as we've already established here, this is a sleepover themed podcast. Mm. Sorry, as I take drinks of my beverage, I'm like dead air. Got to make a noise. And so I'm just like moaning. I don't think that's better. Okay, moving on. As we know, I'm a sleepover girly. I'm very nostalgic for the years where sleepovers were a thing. I just don't think that sleepovers hit the way they did back in like the years 2004 to 2012. Um, 2012 was the last good year. The, the world should have ended in 2012. We would have had a perfect little ending that should have been the last season, but unfortunately it kept going. <laughs> but maybe that's like a boomer comment of me to be like, everything was better 2004 to 2012 because that's like my childhood. So I feel like, I don't know, anytime I say things like that, I give, I give myself the same energy as people who are like, music was better in the 80s. But I feel like I'm kind of right in some ways. Like, I do think the the popularization of social media and smartphones has killed sleepover culture. Now, let me explain. <laughs> because I feel like all of my best sleepover memories, a lot of them are very much shaped by the early technology that was coming up when I was a kid because I feel like I grew up obviously with iPhones and iPods and the internet um but it it wasn't what it was now when I was a kid you know like Instagram didn't come out until I was halfway through high school um I got a Facebook when I was 13 so it was like I I got to experience like the playing outside childhood uh, for most of my like young years and then right as I was becoming a teenager is when social media was starting to come up but social media didn't even begin to turn into what it is now until like I was in late high school maybe even early college um, so I just feel like sleepovers when I was a kid in like the golden age of sleepovers it was just a totally different experience and obviously a lot of us are just nostalgic for our childhoods in general but there's something about the aesthetic of like a bunch of ugly middle schoolers wearing Aeropostale t-shirts with like that fucking ugly monkey on it do you know which one I'm talking about maybe those weren't Aeropostale but there is like those monkey t-shirts that everyone would wear just imagining a bunch of middle school girls in monkey t-shirts and Aeropostale t-shirts in someone's living room with a bunch of in a bunch of sleeping bags with your heads all in the center so you can talk and then everyone's on like a flip phone an nv3 uh texting their crushes and then putting their cell phones under the pillow while you're all talking and you're playing mash and you're texting cha-cha and you know whatever else we did we used to do stupid shit like i have so many videos of those sleepovers one because we just used to make videos my whole childhood before I was even on YouTube all I did was make videos um and like I have videos upon videos of us having sleeping bag wars where we would literally just clear out all the furniture in a room shove ourselves in sleeping bags stand up and then just be like go 
and like ram ourselves into each other and whoever got hurt first and like tapped out like you didn't win and whoever survived the end of the attack uh won the sleeping bag war it was really unsafe because obviously none of us can see we're inside of a sleeping bag but that's kind of beautiful and kind of brilliant i also have so many videos of us going sledding on snow days oh like the joy of being a kid and hanging out with your friends and then getting word that it was a snow day so you got to have a sleepover like if they called it the night before fucking they would never do that now i feel like no one ever calls snow days anymore I'm also 25, so what what the fuck would I know about snow days? <laughs> um, but I was reminiscing on some of my old sleepover stories from when I was a kid, and I have so fucking many of them. So I thought that it would be fun to kick off our first episode reminiscing on some of my best early 2000s sleepover stories. And please tell me yours in the comments, either on the YouTube video or in my Instagram DMs or whatever i want to know i love hearing early dozens slumber party stories so first story i have for you i was probably in fifth or sixth grade for this one um it was at somebody's birthday party sleepover and we were indulging in a little bit of prank calling now i'm not much of a prank girly now <laughs> Uh, I can't say I wasn't much of a prank girly then because I was a pretty big fan of a YouTube prank group through early high school, um, which I will never say by name. They are the forbidden group in this house. If you followed me back then, I know you remember. Sometimes people will bring it up and be like, remember when you liked? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that because it's so shameful that I was like a fan of a YouTube prank group. Like what was wrong with me? (laughs) There was developmentally something happening inside my brain. I was at that age where like uh, a a boy could be hot and I would be like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> like I, there was no like critical thinking of like, God, he's a menace and an asshole. It was like, you're hot. <laughs> so YouTube pranksters were, they did something for my 15 year old self. Anyways, back, back then, back when I was a kid, uh, Pranks were fun. I like a little prank call. I'm not sure I would be the one doing the calling, but I'll sit and laugh along while someone else does it. And um, at this particular sleepover, we were prank calling the feedback line on the back of a Lay's chip bag. Um, I don't know if anyone ever calls those phone numbers besides 11-year-olds that are looking to have fun at a slumber party. So we were all in a united front it was the whole sleepover prank calling an outsider an outside source which is really the only way to successfully do pranks at a sleepover because when you start having sleepover guests on sleepover guest crime that's where friendships end all right you can't be pranking each other because us sensitive bitches will cry and ruin the night okay and we'll talk about that later um but When you're united and the whole slumber party is pranking someone not at the slumber party, that's fun. That's we're having a good time now. So we were prank calling the feedback number on the Lay's chip bag. And every time I tell the story, I feel like I'm lying, by the way. I like say the story and I'm like, did this really happen? I swear to fucking God it did though. When we called the Lay's chip hotline, we must have dialed like one number off 
and we called a sex hotline instead. And I remember the girl who called had a full on fucking panic attack. I was like, my parents are going to see that I called a sex hotline. It's going to show up on the charge of the bill this month. And, um, that's just so funny to me that a group of sixth graders accidentally called a sex hotline. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the internet once before because I'm having flashbacks now of someone telling me that sex hotlines or feedback lines, they it, may, it would make sense that it was one number off because they all buy those types of phone numbers. I might be making this up, <laughs> I'll be honest, but I swear to God that happened. I wonder if anyone else at the sleepover remembers it. I'll have to ask. Um, but that was an example of just like a pure bit of early 2000s sleepover prank fun. Now, pranks are not always fun, all right? And I'll be the first person to tell you that because I don't think pranks are fun when they're done to me. Um, one time at one sleepover, this was... I was probably like seventh or eighth grade and I was having a sleepover with all the girls in my neighborhood. I grew up, uh, in like a cul-de-sac type neighborhood where a ton of us girls, uh, we all lived in walking distance of each other and would hang out at each other's houses. It's like very like movie young kids playing in the neighborhood vibes. It was very cute, very classic. Um, and we would have sleepovers like every single day in the summer and one night I fell asleep first as I usually did because <laughs> I'm a tired bitch and they put whipped cream in my face and everyone was fucking dying laughing and I didn't think it was funny at all I am not the type of person that you're gonna throw whipped cream in my face while I'm sleeping and I'm gonna be like oh my god you guys so silly like I'm I'm ruining the night I'm crying I'm gonna act like you guys just fucking killed my dog like I'm I'm gonna act like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and um to this day I don't really have an interest in whipped cream <laughs> like I feel like it, it created an aversion to whipped cream for me whipped cream is also just kind of nasty in general it smells bad who can relate <laughs> it wasn't a friendship ending prank obviously I got over it um, but maybe sometimes I think back, I'm still friends with a lot of those girls now. And sometimes I think back and I'm like, maybe they just knew too much about me. You know, like I had to forgive them for the whipped cream prank. Cause at that point I had indulged too much information about myself. I was cringe as fuck when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm cringe as fuck now too. But especially when I was a kid, I remember at one of those sleepovers, same basement that I got whipped creamed. Um, this is so embarrassing. I, I don't know what was going on inside my brain, but when I was like 13 or 14, I made a list of 100 things I liked about this guy. <laughs> I hope to God he doesn't ever see this because he'll know that I'm talking about him, uh, I think. Uh, but when I was in the eighth grade, I had like this massive crush on this guy and I made a list of a hundred things that I liked about him. And we were at a sleepover, all us neighborhood girls. And they were all like, they knew about this list. It was on my computer and everyone wanted to know what was on it. So they were like, how about each of us picks a number and you have to tell us what you wrote for that number. And so there's like a group of like 10 or 10 or 12 of us, I think maybe less, but it was like a big group of girls. 
Um, and everyone went around the room and picked a number and I would just like read out whatever it was that I wrote that I liked about him. I wish I still had that list. I might. That old computer is at my parents' house, so it might still exist. I don't know. I'll have to try to go find it one of these days. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I had to forgive them for the whipped cream chip because they had that level of information on me. They knew about a list I wrote of a hundred different reasons why I liked someone. Oh my God. In the eighth grade. I was intense. I've always been intense. I'm not a chill girl. I've never been a chill girl. Don't ask me to be chill. I'll never be chill. This is what I say to myself when I scroll on Tinder and someone's like, I'm just going to vibe and see where things go. I'm like, I have never been looking to vibe. All right. I'm not chill. I'm not cool. I'm not calm. Don't ask me to be. You won't find that here. We got none of it. (laughs) But I have so many fun memories from those sleepovers. We used to have sleepovers on a trampoline a lot in the summer and you'd wake up covered in water (laughs) because it's like super dewy in the morning so our sleeping bags would wake up just like covered in condensation but we would stay up all night on the trampoline watching youtube videos and so i remember watching all of like the early viral videos we used to watch salad fingers all the fucking time salad fingers (laughs) and like you know charlie the unicorn muffins shoes all those absolute bangers. We used to watch them on the trampoline and then fall asleep and then wake up covered in water. The other aspect of these sleepover memories that feels so nostalgic and fun to me is reflecting on the amount of education that happened at sleepovers growing up. Like I learned so much about sex through these sleepovers. Um, I have one distinct memory of learning what motorboating was in the seventh grade via cha-cha. Um, because one of my friends got a text message from some guy saying he wanted to motorboat her, motorboat her, which is wild for seventh graders, but also really fucking funny. Um, and none of us knew what it meant. So we had to text cha-cha, which is so brilliant. Like I get now that you could just like fucking google it but there's something so good about being like 13 years old like text cha-cha text cha-cha right now if you don't know what cha-cha is it was basically like a one of those like numbers it's like a three-digit number that you could text any question and it would give you an answer it was basically just googling shit for you and giving you an answer it's like i guess that's kind of what alexa is now right like i could just I have one, which is why I'm whispering, but I could just say, hey, what's this? And it would tell me, but there's something better about being 13 and texting a random number. Like, help me. What's motorboating? (laughs) And learning what that is. I also remember probably at that same sleepover, um, one of my friends texting a guy that she liked being like, you should come over tomorrow. And she spelled come like C-U-M. We didn't know what that meant back then. You know, in like 2009, we were abbreviating everything. Any word that we could make shorter by spelling incorrectly, we did. (laughs) Okay? We weren't typing out actual words back then. Um, So she texted him, you should come over tomorrow, C-U-M. And he texts back, you really shouldn't spell it like that. And she's like, what does it mean? Why shouldn't I spell it like that? (laughs) 
And I remember one of the girls at the party being like, um, do you know what that means? <laughs> Which, oh, like, what is better than that? It's so sweet. It's so fun. Like, there's something so wonderful and beautiful to me about young girls experiencing close friendship for the first time and learning about sex and bodies and what different words mean together. It's just so freaking cute. <laughs> this might be my best sleepover story of all time. I don't think I've ever shared this on the internet before and I'm going to fucking butcher it. Really, I need my sister here to tell this story with me because it is such a good goddamn story, but... When I was in high school, I was a dance teacher. That was my job, freshman through senior year. I taught all the hip hop dance classes at my dance studio and I was a choreographer for a competition team that I was also on. Now, my sister was on the competition team. A lot of my sister's friends were on that competition team and those girls grew up at my house. They were like my little sisters too. So we all used to hang out all the time on the weekends after rehearsals, like I spent so much time with the dance team growing up and we used to do sleepovers at the studio. It was a very non-conventional dance studio that I grew up going to clearly. Um, but we used to have sleepovers at the dance studio, like once a season and the dance studio also was one floor above my mom's hair salon. I know this is very small town energy, but my mom's a hairdresser. She owned a hair salon in the town that I lived in growing up. And my dance studio was one floor above it. And we were, it was right next to the police station. So it, it felt like a very safe place to be. So we felt comfortable having sleepovers there. And since I was the dance teacher, it was me and my friend Courtney. Uh, we were both teachers and we would hang out with all the rest of the girls. They're four years younger than us, but it's my sister and her friends. And so there was a group of us that had a sleepover at the studio one night. <laughs> you know, we're on air mattresses. We were watching A Walk to Remember. And I fell asleep. And then all of a sudden you hear a, a loud bang at the door. And we're inside the studio. So we can't see the front door. The front door is also totally uh, windows. So we didn't want to go turn the corner to look at the door because we're like, what if it's a murderer? And they're just standing there and they can see us through the glass. Um, but it's these like loud bangs at the door. Mind you, this is like two in the morning. Loud bangs at the door. We're at a dance studio. No one even should know that we're here. Why would there be anyone here at this dance studio at 2 a.m. in our small ass town? Um, so loud bangs keep happening on the door and we are freaking the fuck out. Mind you, I was asleep. So I like got woken up by these bangs and everyone's like huddled up on this one air mattress and they look at me and they go, Maddie, what do we do? And I was like, call the police. <laughs> so they call the police and <laughs> so we're right next to the police station. So they're there in like 30 seconds flat. Right. But we're bugging the fuck out. Like, I was so goddamn scared. We were, like, tearing up and shit. We were shaking. And then all of a sudden, one of the girls on the dance team rounds the corner. And I was like, guys, why didn't you open the door for me? <laughs> and we were all, like, sitting there. We didn't even realize that one of the girls was missing. We were like, what the actual fuck? 
apparently she got up to go to the bathroom and then got stuck inside the bathroom. So she wasn't knocking on the main door. She was knocking on the bathroom. But we didn't know. It sounded like it was coming from the same place. But we were like, why the fuck didn't you say something? Like, why were you just angrily banging on the door? Why wouldn't you just be like, guys, help me. I'm stuck in the bathroom. Like, why were you silently and aggressively banging on the door for long enough that we were able to hear it, react, like reconvene, debate what we're going to do and call the cops before getting out? Like, this is an extended period of time. It was at least fucking 45 seconds to a minute for us to do all of that. So anyways, cops come. They have to, like, come to a secure the premises and... um yeah, clearly nothing. Fucking why are there a bunch of high schoolers having a sleepover in the dance studio, anyways? So nothing happened. We were all fine. It was all good. But I grew up in a very small town where nothing ever happens. So people would read the police logs for fun because it was comical the shit that people would call the cops over. They'd be like, "There's a squirrel in the middle of the road. Let me call the cops over this." Like the police logs were hilarious. So people would read the police logs for fun. And so it was like, after we called the cops and all that stuff happened, we were like, oh God, like people are gonna read this. <laughs> Cause we live in a small town where people are actually gonna read the police logs. Um, so I'm sure I have a screenshot of the police report in the newspaper somewhere of reading like a bunch of girls called to report someone trying to break into a dance studio to <laughs> we checked their friend was just stuck in the bathroom <laughs> just so ridiculous we definitely shouldn't have been able to have sleepovers in the dance studio uh with no supervision as a bunch of like 16 17 year olds supervising 13 year olds but you know some things are just like it worked in the moment and it was fun and i don't think it would happen now in the present day <laughs> but it was fun back then god i just love a good sleepover story so that's what i have for you guys today in terms of sleepover stories the episode's not over yet we have much more to talk about <laughs> because love island is back ladies and gentlemen doom 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 that's pretty good. Um, Love Island is back. Love Island UK is back, baby. Absolutely fuming. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe. I can't believe. Mugged me off. <laughs> I was going to say more, but I think I'm doing really bad right now and I'm embarrassed. Um, Love Island UK is back. So I figured end of every episode, we could recap, talk about everything that happened that week and some thoughts and reflections. So I've been taking notes as I've watched. Um, all I'm talking about today is going to be episodes one through five. So if you haven't seen episodes one through five of season eight, of Love Island UK, skip this section because that's exactly what the fuck I'm talking about today. And if you don't watch Love Island, you might still be interested in this, hearing some reflections and takeaways triggered by Love Island. So um, if you watch Love Island, we're talking about episodes one through five. If you don't watch Love Island, feel free to stay or don't. Loved having you. See you next week. All right. 
Love Island Season 8, baby! Episode 1. Introducing our first 10 Islanders. The Islanders are back in the villa, mate. (laughs) And this summer is going to be hotter than ever. (laughs) That wasn't that bad. Um, All right. So first off, all the women are introduced first. As always, every single woman on Love Island is a goddamn showstopper. They're all beautiful, gorgeous. I love all the women on Love Island. I'm a girl's girl, mate. All right. When the girls come on on Love Island, I'm just like beautiful, amazing, showstopping, gorgeous. And then the men come on. I'm like, really? (laughs) So for girls this season, we've got India, Amber, Tasha, Gemma, and Paige. Uh, Right off rip, India and Tasha were my two favorites. I think India's fucking hot as hell. She's got like a some blonde streaks in her hair and I just think they look so fun and also she's just had like a good attitude from day one which I took some notes on some things that she said in episode one that I thought were so good um Tasha I also really liked I just liked her attitude right off rip she is completely deaf and that was like her conversation opener or like things that she led with about herself which I thought was uh, very interesting and she was very sweet and just very cute about it. it made me like her so much. I love when people are vulnerable and just like share intimate things about themselves right off rip. It makes me like them so much more. Um, other than that, I didn't have a big first impression about Amber or Paige. And my only first impression about Gemma is that she's 19 and I think she's going to bring the drama. Then we're introduced to the guys. First five guys, we have... Liam, Andrew, Dami, Akena, and Luca. Dami and Luca were my two favorites off rip. Luca is like one of the hottest Islanders to ever enter the villa, for sure. I think my top three sexiest guy Islanders have got to be Luca from this season, Teddy from last season, and then Jamie from I think season four, season three. Jamie, you know him if you know him, sexy as fuck, all of them, um, and Dami as well, I, I originally, I liked Dami right when he walked into the villa, because he was, he seemed a little shy, a little timid, he was like a little bit of a soft boy right when he came in, and that made me love him, I loved his, like, shyness, he was the first person that came in, I was like, interesting choice for the producers to send in, like, one of the more reserved guys first, um, cause he seemed a little nervous, but it made me like him so much more. So off rip, those two are my favorites. Uh, Andrew to me seemed like he was going to be a problem. And then Liam and Akena sort of left no impression on me similar, similar to Amber and Paige. So they come in, everyone couples up, um, the public picked who people were going to couple up with this year. So they didn't get to choose it themselves. And... The games begin right off the bat. Just looking at week one overall, I do feel like this season is moving slower slash. It's just less eventful than other seasons. Hopefully this changes. Hopefully we get a little bit more spice, a little bit more drama. I've seen like eight episodes now as I'm recording this and it's still moving pretty slow. So I'm hoping that 
it sort of kicks up. But something fun about this season overall that I thought was cool is that usually in seasons past of Love Island, they have fast fashion sponsors that like clothe the entire villa for the duration of their stay. And uh, Islanders have come out in the past to talk about the clothing waste on the show and how like a lot of the clothes that these Islanders wear on the show, they're literally just thrown out after the show. They're completely discarded. They're not uh, like, these are not the Islanders clothes. These are just like a bunch of fast fashion pieces that get worn on the show by these sponsors. And then they get thrown out and never worn again. And there's like an incredible amount of waste that comes from that, obviously. Um, but this season of Love Island is actually sponsored by eBay. So all of the clothes you see on the season are pre-loved pieces from eBay instead of the fast fashion companies they usually work with, which I thought was really an interesting move by them. And it, it seems great. Um, I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop on that one and for us to learn that it's not as great of a deal as we think it is. But um them partnering with eBay to get pre-loved clothes on this season so that there's less fast fashion being used in the show um, seems great and seems like a really good move on their part, which I thought was interesting. All right, switching gears here back to the episode. So we have all of our couples. We've got Tasha and Andrew, Gemma and Liam, Amber and Dami, India and Akena, and... Paige and Luca. Those are our day one couples. So after the coupling, the guys go talk and the girls go talk. And the guys are all like, oi, mate, I'm buzzing. Absolutely buzzing in my coupling. And the girls go back and they're like, yeah, it's okay. He's all right. <laughs> I was like, that's the energy I like to see, ladies. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. But I also was like, I don't buy any of this. You're not... All of these guys, like, you're not, this is not going to last. None of these day one couples are going to last. I'm putting money on that right now. I don't think any of them are lasting. I just, I don't believe in them. I'm sorry. I don't. The thing is, is that, like, going on Love Island sounds fun in theory. Going on a dating show in general sounds fun in theory. Like, you watch the show and you're like, oh, this sounds so much fun. A two-month vacation in this beautiful villa. And you have a potential to find love. And it really kickstarts a lot of these people's careers. Not that a lot of them do super interesting stuff after Love Island. Some of them do. But, you know, you, you get given an opportunity. And you can sort of make make the best of it if you want to. Um, so it seems like service level could be kind of fun to go on a dating show, right? But in practice, this shit's actually like psychological torture. Like the concept of Love Island is fucking diabolical. Okay. Like sometimes I'll be like, it would be kind of fun to be a producer for reality TV, but you have to be like sick and twisted in the head might to be a producer for reality TV. Like it does sound fun, but if you're not familiar, Love Island is a dating show, right? But it airs every fucking day for two months. <laughs> These people are under constant surveillance for two months. It is crazy. It is not like any other dating show. 
I'm not a fan of The Bachelor, Bachelorette. I've always found it boring. I think it takes itself too seriously. I've tried to watch it and I just get bored. I think that they are taking it way too seriously. There's not enough drama for me. There's too much love. I'm not here for love, mate. I'm here for drama. (laughs) When you shoot a show with that many different people constantly going in and out of the villa for two straight months, I can't even fucking handle YouTube comments. You think that I could handle the entire audience that Love Island brings in? No. It sounds fun, but no. And I have too much of a heart. I'm too much of a sucker to ever be a reality TV producer. I have to be a little bit more tough for that. I just don't think I am. It sounds kind of fun, though, if you take away all of, like, the major ethical problems. (laughs) So, anyways, getting back to the juice and the good stuff. Not to be a fucking downer. We're having so much fun. Let's talk about some some key moments here, some key takeaways. Episode one, India quickly became my favorite Islander because of something that she said in episode one. It was like one of the first conversations that she and Akena had. And he was like, so, so what's your type? What's your type? What are you into? What's your typical type on paper? You know, <laughs> me also, we're just going to be me trying to perfect my British accent. It's pretty bad right now, but I'm going to be, by the end of this Love Island season, you're going to be like, whoa, it sounds so good. British people rate me one out of 10 in the comments right now with my accent. And then at the end of this season, you can rate me a second time. (laughs) Um, But India said that she wouldn't tell him her type so that he he can't play into it. She's like, I'm not going to tell you what I like and what I think is hot because then you're just going to act like that to like woo me and get me to like you. So I'm not going to tell you. And we'll just see how this goes. And I'll tell you later. And I was like, big brain energy, babes. You got in there and you fucking, you calculated up what would be the best move for you here. In this, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought it was so good. I was like, you know, I don't think this works anywhere else outside of Love Island. I wouldn't recommend doing that in like an actual dating experience. When someone asks you what your type is, I wouldn't, I don't know. It just seems like a little, um, causes division I think it's best to just be open and vulnerable and if someone's going to take advantage of you like that's on them I don't think it's good to like walk through life constantly trying to protect yourself from everyone um but in a game like Love Island I actually think she was smart for that I actually think that she was brilliant and I loved it and it was just the energy that I wanted so right off the gate India was my absolute favorite islander uh her and Tasha. I just loved them both. Then, end of episode one, we get introduced to Davide. Davide enters the villa. We have another guy entering in. The Italian stallion. All right? He's supposed to be, like, this big, haughty bombshell that just entered. He's going to steal everyone's girls. Davide pretty much immediately goes for Gemma. Um, now, Gemma's 19, mind you, and Davide's 28. And I feel like sometimes in other seasons there have been, like, big age gaps within the Islanders like that. Um, I don't remember there being teenagers on Love Island, though. Like, I remember 20, but, like, 19? And I don't know. 19 to 28. I think there is something to talk about here. Something worth mentioning when it comes to the age gaps between Islanders. Sometimes it makes me feel weird. Because 
And I'll tell you why it makes you feel weird. It makes you feel weird because I look back to when I was 18, 19 and guys that were 27, 28, 29 were paying attention to me. Looking back now, I think that's fucking weird. I don't know why 27, 28 year olds wanted anything to do with an 18 year old. Uh, I find it weird. Like even now being 25, I wouldn't date anyone under the age of 23. You need to be like out of college for a year and like into your post-grad existence as an adult for me to even entertain dating you. I just feel like you're in super different life stages. I don't know how you as a 28-year-old can relate to an 18, 19-year-old. And I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable even thinking now. Like I was one of those kids that also got all of the, you know, you're so mature for your age. You're so different. And it's like, bro, I'm fucking 19. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be interesting to you. I think dating teenagers as someone in your late 20s is always going to be weird. I think age gap relationships start to make more sense to me once it's between adults. You know, like once you are, you've graduated from college, you're like establishing your life, you're like a full-blown adult, like 23 and up, I'm kind of like, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. But there is something weird to me about people who are like, full fully fucking like 28 29 adults and they're interested in teenagers I kind of felt like the second I turned 21 I couldn't date anyone younger than 21 obviously the drinking age is different in the UK but yeah I don't know teenagers when you're 28 29 a little weird a little weird I feel weird about the fact that men did that to me um when I was younger I think most people do. You get a little older and you're like, what the fuck? Why did you, why were you interested in me? Anyways, then next day we get introduced to Afia and Ekin Sue. Two new girl additions to the villa. Right off rip, Ekin Sue comes in and she says, I'm not a girl's girl. I'm not a girl's girl. I'm not here to find friends. Whatever the fuck she said. Um, I was literally like, what the fuck? And nobody reacted. I can see just like proudly declared that she like was not a girl's girl and didn't give a fuck about making friends, which I get it. It's love island, not friend island. But like anytime someone says they're not a girl's girl, I'm like, the fuck? I don't trust you. And the fact that no one reacted, like if I was in love island and someone was like, I'm not a girl's girl. I'm here to make friends. I'm like, Pfft. Something I love about Love Island, especially in the first week, like the season starts going again. I'm like, God, this is why I love it is how absolutely unhinged these people are after knowing each other for three days. <laughs> like Davide and Gemma knew each other for literally fucking three days. And Luca started coming on to Gemma. Couples are being rearranged, you know, no one's going to stay in their original coupling. And Luca is starting to flirt with Gemma and Davide all of a sudden gets super possessive and super like, well, you should have talked to me if you want to talk to her, mate, with Luca. And it's like, dude, you've known her for literally three days maximum, perhaps even less. Is it not wild to be like territorial about someone after knowing them for two days? two fucking days and that's the beauty of the show the beauty of the show is that you're not supposed to relate to anything that goes on <laughs> it's just supposed to all be ridiculous so yeah weird energy week one there wasn't a lot that happened it was just like 
New Islanders came in. Some couples got rearranged. Um, and then Liam left the villa. He voluntarily left the villa. And that was pretty much it. Overall, it was a pretty boring week. Uh, right now, I'm participating in a Love Island Fantasy League. So that's influencing who I'm rooting for. Week one, my Islanders were Tasha and Akenna. Tasha gave me some points. Akenna, on the other hand, was fucking dragging my team down. Love Island, Fantasy Love Island, you get points for cuddling, kissing, snogging, uh, going on a date, winning a challenge, or being picked for hideaway, and then you lose points if someone gets pied off or eliminated. Um, So you pick Islanders based on how many points you have each week pick new islanders at the end of every week so week one i was tasha and akenna akenna got me like three points for the whole week and then tasha got me quite a bit more um week two my islanders are andrew and amber so we'll see how things go anyways (laughs) so that's it that's the show that's episode one of emotionally online and um yeah as we go on i'll definitely have more of my friends on here we'll do some solo episodes just like it this just chilling out talking about whatever we want this week and um recapping love island and some weeks i'll be with my friends shooting the shit and we'll just go back and forth whatever feels good that week this is going to be a pretty casual uh show and i definitely want to get you guys more involved in the show there is going to be a submission box for any advice requests that you guys have or stories that you want me to tell and just like get my reaction to i want to know the juice and what's going on in your life so um the link to that submission box is going to be in the description down below and also in the bio of the podcast instagram which is at emotionally online pod um i would love to do a little advice segment every week or doesn't even have to be advice if you just want to tell me a wild story of something that happened to you and get my reaction and we can talk a little shit about it uh let's do it let's get after it so feel free to submit your stories in that box. Everything will be kept anonymous, so don't worry about that. Um, be sure to follow the podcast Instagram. It's at Emotionally Online Pod. Uh, any podcast updates will be on there. I'll probably also post on my main account at Maddie Drosbeck for the time being. But as the show becomes more of its own thing, uh, most of the updates for the show or anything you need to know will be on the Instagram. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I've had the most fun time ever just sitting here telling stories, hanging out. Um, And I'm so excited to now get to do this with you guys on a weekly basis. So thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so, so much. And I'll see you next week. Bye.